Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle Rubio, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit, from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind-the-scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of, what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is an emerging thought leader, speaker, podcast host, confidence coach, and one of SoulCycle's top instructors in the country. By sharing her experiences openly, she offers a deep level of vulnerability that helps the women in her community feel seen, heard, and appreciated. She's real about who she is, where she's been, and here to remind you that you too are wildly capable of creating the life you crave. Please welcome Madison Ciccone. Hello, Hi, Madison. I love that little blurb. So, so oh good. my god. Okay, well, I mean, just for prepping this conversation, obviously reading your intro, like you've got a lot going on: speaking engagements, podcasting, coaching. Did I also see that you teach Soul Cycle six days a week? Yes, that's correct. That's like the mo at Soul, which is so crazy. I think it's like Whoa. it's always been a thing, like six days a week, unless you're. Um, like part-time or somehow you've finagled two days off, which is so nuts because I feel like everybody should just have two days off to recover. Yeah. Um, And this is like a, I mean, clearly a very physical job. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I think that was just like something that was put in place years ago and it just still is the way it is. And it, doesn't make sense. So yeah. yeah. Wow. 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 And did I see you also just got married? I did. I did. Congratulations. So like, so you been a busy, you've been a busy bee. <laughs> I'm tired just thinking about yeah, it for you. Yeah. I need to go lay down or something. No, um, yeah. it's, all, it's all good things. Everything super fun, super great. Lots of high highs. Um, can't, can't really complain. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. Well, it's, it seems like now your your life is very intentional. You have it kind of set up in the way that you want it. But I'm interested to know, like, did it always look that way? You know, what was your a path to arriving to where you are today? Yeah, you know, no, it definitely didn't always look the way it does right <laughs> now. And honestly, even the way it quote unquote looks, the way it looks right now is also kind of like, you know, I always say through the glossy filters and whatever and the reels, whatever, there's so much more. And I try to be super real and like very authentic with where I am in my life and what I'm feeling. So hopefully people do feel seen and heard in that way. But you know, there's so much more behind, behind the curtain, you know, like like the Wizard of Oz. But yeah, Yeah. so I guess uh, Judy Bloom version to just kind of like start was... I went to school, I grew up in Rhode Island. I went to school in Nashville at Belmont University oh. for entertainment and music business. Oh, um, wow. I've been to Belmont. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a campus recruiter. Like my first couple of years after I graduated college, I was a campus recruiter. So I had to go to, you know, schools and find recently 
students that were going to graduate in the coming year and like interview them, do classroom presentations. And Belmont was one of the universities. I had Vanderbilt. I had University oh, of Tennessee. So, cool. so yeah, I've been, to, I've been to Belmont. Yeah, it's, it's so pretty. It's, it's such a cute campus. It's, yeah. It's so pretty. And it's got, it's yeah. absolutely exploded over since I went there. But, um, so I did that. I studied entertainment and music business. I oh. then went out to LA. So my spring senior semester, I interned for Ellen DeGeneres, and then that oh, kind of shit. yeah, that kind of that like, was just a drop right there. Yeah, just like a Damn. little thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? Which at the time, how did you get that internship? Like that is not that cannot be easy. Yeah, so it's so interesting because I just I honestly I went to Belmont West. We have two extension programs from Nashville. You can go to New York or LA, and obviously I grew up Rhode Island, going to Boston, going to New yeah. York. So those were like a little more familiar to me, and I just had the LA bug. I was like. I got to go to LA. So I went to LA. Um, We have a pretty like well-connected program at Belmont. So you just could apply to all these different ones. And I just got lucky and got that one. Um, Wow. And yeah, so I did that. And then when the semester was over, I was like, I'm staying out here. I can't go back. So I went back for graduation, whatever, you know, messed around maybe for the summer. I don't even remember now. And then I was back out in LA (laughs) And just worked a myriad of different jobs, was temping different agencies, things like that. And then I was an executive assistant for a while at a couple different companies. I worked in marketing and advertising, digital marketing, advertising. So I had this whole like corporate background, C-suite level, executive assistant, PA, EA, just really all that goes along with that. Yeah. And then on the side, I would do like other jobs. So I was either, you know, working at Kitson on Melrose, which was very cool at the time, or I worked at the front desk at Equinox for a little bit. Oh, I wow. Worked, That's status symbol yeah, right I there. Worked for, um, yeah. yeah, I worked for Runway <laughs> Waiters, which was like this agency at the time where that would hire like models and athletes to do like specific events. And that led to doing like promo work for Patron. And like I always was doing odd jobs and auditioning for you know music videos like I was doing all these crazy and where did things. that where did that come from is that kind of just LA culture like I have a lot of friends in LA I've spent some time out there it's like everyone's always doing a million like has a job and then they have five other side jobs yeah I think but like for you what was the what, what were you trying to do there you know I get that question a lot I think like you're just trying to quote unquote make it you're trying to like yeah. be a mean exposure yeah. like just as many people as I can meet whatever I can do yeah you're just like yeah just clawing and all the things like trying to do all the things at least that was my experience I mean some people yeah. might be totally different and just like know the exact path they want whatever um so did you have an idea like a career goal moving out to LA I mean obviously it's what you majored in so but was there like this is the job I want or were you just like let's see so honestly I wanted to like work in music I wanted to work yeah at like Capitol Records or something or like the glorified record companies but yeah that kind of was passe with my kind of I don't want to say like my generation but I like came up through the time where like record labels kind of went out and Mm -hmm. it was all online and streaming yeah Yeah. so it was it was a little bit different um and so I feel like that's really when things kind of change and I was like well what do you do when you get to LA and you want to work in any of these big companies okay you start in the mailroom or you start as an executive assistant or you start as a personal assistant and that's then how you kind of like make your way up yeah makes sense 
the ladder, ladder. the ranks, or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah, yeah, yeah. it. So yeah, um, that's what I did for a while. And then I kind of got to this point where, you know, I took a digital, I, I went to work at a digital marketing agency, ad agency. And after like mm, six months, they had a round of layoffs and I got let go. Mm. And so, you know, I found myself like, okay, what am I going to do now? Da, 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 da. And my friends were like, okay, you literally do fitness all the time. You're like always at Equinox. You're like doing all the classes. You're part of like the dance crew there. Like you literally are always going to all these boutique fitnesses at the time. Class Class Pass had just launched at one point when I was in LA. Speaking my language. And like literally, (laughs) I was, so when Class Pass first launched, they didn't have like the certain kind of like rules and regulations in place. It was kind of like a free for all. And I was Class Pass's nightmare because I basically played this like very low rate and I would just blow out every place. Like I would go to everywhere all the times you possibly could. Like I was there. I was like the worst client they could possibly have. I was like probably yeah. honestly in some boardroom at class class. Like this girl is what we do yeah. not want. Like whatever That's, she's yeah. doing. No. So I was going to all the classes doing that. My friends were like, you should do this. And so um, at the time I, you know, soul cycle was uh, like blowing up. They were the what year, what year are we talking roughly? I'd say probably like 2014, 2015. Oh yeah. So absolutely yeah. on the come up uh, rocket ship. I related to like yep. the absolute rocket ship. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I have to get into this company now. Yep. I remember those days. I remember my first soul cycle class was in New York city at like the East 83rd street studio. And it was probably like, yeah, 2015. And I'm uh, in Cincinnati, like we don't even have one now. So yeah. this was like, oh my God, I have to like go to a coast to do this fitness class. Yeah. And I'm absolutely fucking going to go find it yeah. because it was like, like the Mecca of fitness was SoulCycle. Literally. And so yeah. I was just, I was just like hell bent on getting on the ship and riding it. And honestly, I had no intention. Like so much of my part of my story was like, I had no intention of ever being an instructor. I wanted to get in with the company and do like marketing mm. and advertising, blah, 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 blah. So I went on so many rounds of interviews. I did a shadow day at Beverly Hills, thought I was a shoe in to get hired as an assistant studio manager, didn't get the job, went back to another ad agency in between and like worked some odd jobs and like those didn't work out. And I was like, okay, here I am again. Yeah. I was kind of like done, beat down. Like, I feel like I just was like a little lost in the sauce in LA. And I was just like, okay, I saw a job posting for another assistant studio manager in Boston. And I was like, this is the ticket. I'm going to go to Boston. It'll lead me back home. Then I can go work yeah. in corporate in New York. Like I had this whole elaborate plan. Of course. I get a call from somebody who worked at SoulCycle at the time. I'm like really blanking on who it was or how it happened, but mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, they, ASM positions no longer open in Boston, but we have one in LA. And I was kind of like, I went on that one more interview and I remember two of my friends at the time, I was sitting with them, Caitlin and Blake. And I was like, listen, like I've already been through all this. Like, is this going to happen or not? Because like my heart yeah. cannot handle it. And lo and behold, I did get the job. I started as an assistant studio manager at our West Hollywood studio later oh. opened our West Coast headquarters, Culver City, which no longer exists, sadly, but at the time was our West Coast headquarters. And um, that kind of began the, quote, like the soul journey yeah. um, within Soul Cycle. And then, of course, came auditioning, going to the training in New York, uh, getting placed in Boston. And then yeah. now I've been in Boston for eight years and with Soul Cycle for almost nine years. So it's really crazy wow. uh, how time 
fly. Yeah. And like growing up, were you into fitness at that point? Were you active? Were you athletic? What was that like for you? Totally. So um, when I was younger, so I'd say before high school, I did like everything. You know, you're doing all the things like tennis, yes. soccer, first track <laughs> I was doing it all. And then you yep. get to high school and you kind of have to be like, okay, if you want to be like pretty good, you have to narrow it down. Narrow so in right. high school, I I always danced, but I did uh, I cheered and I ran track, and then in college I cheered at Belmont. Um, oh, fun! So like I really low key feel like I've just always had that in my life forever. Whether it's being a D one athlete, whether it's being part of teams, whether it's being, you know, the the pet squad on the sidelines or whatever it is, like yep. it's always just been part of who I am and what I do, honestly. Yeah, yeah. When I listened to a couple of your podcast episodes, and I love how you have kind of like, you know, your standard podcast template with like guests, but then you also have these kind of short little like pep talks or like 15 minute, just you kind of motivational talks, which I'm sure that naturally comes with your with your job at Soul Cycle. Like that to me is like the number one cheerleader type role. Like they are the most motivating and positive people. Like I remember again, this is almost ten years ago, my first Soul Cycle class. I remember the instructors just like talking about it was New Year's Eve or like around that time and the New Year's coming up and and I can just remember exactly what she said because it was so motivating. It stuck with me all this time. And so I love that you have those like little like tidbits throughout the your kind of podcast lineup. But where did like how did the podcast start? If you're like going instructing like the confidence coach, the speaker, like how did that all come together? So the podcast I launched in so it'll be four years this November. And uh-huh. I really launched it as an extension of the things I stay in the room. So that's exactly what the yep. thought process well, it was comes behind through. it. Yeah. Like, okay, I yeah. dropped this golden nugget 30 seconds before we like run out of the saddle in the go home yep. song. There's so much yeah. more to what I'm saying. So like, it was always an extension. And like, when I first started, my podcast was titled Mad Stats Beyond the Bike. So it was like all the thoughts mm. and goodness that you get little tiny doses of in the room. I wanted to bring to the podcast to bring it far beyond the four walls of what Soul Cycle was. So that was like my original yeah. whatever. And then obviously it's molded into like um, guest guest episodes with people of like kind of like what's your story, how'd you do it, you know, yeah. whatever. And then there's those little tiny pep talks. And then I also have like solo episodes where I kind of sometimes my solo episodes start as a pep talk, like I did one today. It started out as a pep talk, and then it went for 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, this is yeah. like a full blown episode. So here we go. Yeah. So like the solo ones I can put out like once or twice a week sometimes. Sometimes I put out a pep talk and then every other week there's always the guest episodes. And it's kind of grown and evolved and I've let myself stay a little curious and then I don't hold myself to such like hold my feet to the flame so much of what it has to look like in podcast world yeah. because also trends change. So I don't feel like people listen to um, really long podcasts anymore. Like TikTok, all this stuff we watch and listen to our attention span is very, very minimal. Like songs are yeah. two minutes and 30 seconds now. Kills me. Yep. Kills me yeah. making playlists I, with two minute songs. Right. Um, like how do you do a good workout and that just do that one song of uh, good bike ride. It's so yeah. frustrating. <laughs> um, so everything is like very short now, you know, like the attention span is shorter. So just as the trends change with time, so does kind of your work and how you do it. Yeah. So that was originally yeah. there. And then, um, Everything else. And the podcast is called Wicked Fearless. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's yeah. kind of what I uh, streamlined my brand to be across the board. And that's also the mm. title of my um, 
my group coaching program, Wicked Fearless, my, you know, it's so Boston of you. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the, <laughs> that was definitely the yeah. intention behind it. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. Cause it was like always going to be some part of the thread line of what I do or who I am, no matter where I go. I mean, I don't know. I could move to like Wyoming and then I'm wicked fearless. And then it, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. If no, it will stick. Yeah. Hopefully it will stick. stick. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how that started. And then everything else has kind of just been an iteration off of, or a spinoff mm-hmm. off of that or an idea or what I'm doing or the motivation or all of that. Co- yeah. yeah. What made you want to get into coaching or kind of helping women feel empowered? Did you see an opportunity or a need for it in your life? I felt like I was answering the same questions over and over again. So it was literally like your audience and your community and your people are your best place for market. Well, like market research isn't a sexy word, but like that's the only way I can think of it is like your people are going to tell you what they need and what they want. And I found that I was getting asked the same questions over and over again in that space of like, how do you do this? How do you stay positive? What's your morning routine? It's like all these things. So Mm. the coaching program honestly was birthed out of COVID because I couldn't ride my bike. And I was like, you know what? I have this wealth of knowledge of how I show up and I live my life and what makes me the best version of me. And I love that the bike is like a vessel for that, but I am the message. And that's how it's always been. Like the bike is amazing and it's awesome that I get to do that up there. But if you take the bike away, which is what happened, what am I left with? I'm still left with me and my message and all that I am. So that was like the next step was like, let me build this out um, and, you know, run with it and see what happens. And so I've launched Wicked Fearless. I want to say, I don't know if it's nine, 10, 11, somewhere in that range amount of times I've had over, you know, 70 women go through the programs and, wow. and that's not even like different, um, calls. And, you know, uh, I also did a finished fearless, which is like an accelerator. So people that had already worked with me before could go like deeper. So like, I've done a lot of like little cool things. Um, mm-hmm. and they, they just keep molding and, and, kind of turning into other things like you have these ideas and then as you do one you're like okay well that didn't really hit that didn't really resonate okay where can I and you kind of just tweak and you work in and I think you just do that forever and ever amen and that's just how it works (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. where did your your positive mindset or your confidence come from have you always been that way I don't think I've always necessarily been definitely like the way I am now I think like you have like confidence and then you have like an inner sense of knowing and self-worth and like groundedness, Mm -hmm. which is like totally different. Right. I think there's a level of confidence that comes with time. And I like to say the school of life and really like knowing who you are and having gone through different life experiences and situations. So you're really grounded in who you are, what you are, you are authentic to you because you just show up. This is me. And I think that Mm -hmm. takes time. And I think that takes a lot of different, life experience to get to that point, yeah. which I feel yeah. like that's how I feel now versus before. I think it might've just been, I had a big personality. I seemed whatever, like that was like, maybe it wasn't like, it was coming from like a different place maybe, but I've definitely mm-hmm. always been like hype, high energy, like very outgoing. Yeah. Um, that's who you are. Thank you. Yeah. It like leader, teacher, that's kind of always been uh, characteristics of yeah since I was yeah younger yeah. yeah I'm so interested in 
this kind of topic of confidence because it feels like it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like a hot button word, but it's important for women to feel confident or to, to be confident. And I mean, there are you know people like yourself that are helping women like find that confidence. What like what do you think the deal with confidence is? Like why is it so hard? Why why it's almost like an elusive thing, right? Like oh, how do I be confident? You know, like where do you think the kind of the difficulty to step into that space or like own that power comes from? So I think you know I just described it like this on another podcast I was on, and I like need to write uh-huh. this down because I totally yeah. like. <laughs> created this. But the way I described it was I I am a visual person and I love movies. So like Monsters Inc, you know like in Monsters Inc they have like the batteries and they're like red when they're low and they're green when they're high. I feel like we go through these ebb and flows energetically with confidence because of different situations that happen to us. So it's like mm. I could step bravely and courageously into like we'll use dating as an example. Yeah. I could be brave and courageous and put myself out there and I have a really good experience and so I'm all in the green and I'm like, yeah, I'm super confident. I'm so confident. And then something yeah. happens that knocks us down and then we're down in the red and it's like it's this constant like double dutch of like mm. energy of that battery going up and down and up and down. And so I think that's why you are always in this place of constantly seeking more confidence because things kind of uh, either deplete or replenish you in that confidence battery. Um, And and that just has to do with like you can never – and it's kind of like you can never quite attain balance. You can never quite attain – like there could always be more confidence in different areas of your life because at any given time you're going to have situations that were human – like we're always going to second guess ourselves, et cetera. And like feel that way, unless we're, we're like somewhat sociopathic or like super egomaniacs or something like really negative. Right. If we're just like going through life and having these human experiences, then we're always going to have that like ebb and flow a little bit of like, I feel really good and confident or something kind of knocked me off my horse a little bit. And now I have to like gain it back or like gain that trust in myself to like listen to my intuition and know my instincts and and I think that's where that like ballet dance is a little bit when it comes to that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about um, this with someone else. And I think sometimes we can be our own worst enemy when it comes to being confident, right? Yeah. Because from the outside, like no one knows, yeah. no one knows what's going on with you internally. Like these example of like, you know, if someone wears a hat and they're like, oh, I can never pull that off you can only not pull it off because you're telling yourself you can't pull it off. Like no one knows if you show up in that hat that I think that you're thinking you can't pull it off. You know, like it's so much internal. Yeah. And the conversation I was having was really around like that internal chatter that may be like, oh, you're not good enough or you're not qualified or someone else could do it better. Like that may never fully go away. It and doesn't. we just have to, it really doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah, like it, and so the you don't wake yeah. up one day and you're like, oh, I'm just like never gonna have that thought. I'm never gonna walk by the mirror and not think something negative. It's always there. It's always there. And so the real Which is exhausting. Yeah, the but... real like <laughs> the real work and the real um where it really starts to make a difference and where you can really quiet the chatter or hush the chatter is acknowledging yourself, forgiving yourself for the thought, and then really honing in on the language you're using and how you're talking to yourself. You know, like I have yeah. post-its all around my room. I have little reminders. These like, I call them like tech, like little trip wires of like how I want to be talking like to that. myself or little mantras or little things. Like I have all these things in books and whatever. And you, you have these tactical trip wires that keep you from those negative thoughts because our like brain giving into the negative yeah, chatter, like, our like brain, let it be there and 
let it go. Our brain is a hundred percent programmed to always go to like the worst case scenario, which is crazy because like worry is the, like the biggest misuse of our imagination. If we're going to feel that way or use our energy, we should always go to the best case scenario, like future trip where you want to go. Not, not the worst case, but our brain is programmed to, to like protect us and keep us safe. So, you know, our archaic brain would be like, Oh, I'm like, you, running from tigers and bears, oh my. Whereas now it's more like our brain is trying to protect us ego-wise. Like, don't do mm. that thing. Don't say that thing. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to do that. Like, protect you from getting your feelings hurt. What do these people think of you? Or, oh my gosh, like, don't wear that because you can't. And that's yeah. all, like, contrived in our own in our own brain. Yeah. So yeah. It's like whatever you can do to reverse that talk um, – and I think really it's just your, your power of your words. Like a lot of times I'll say yeah. something and I'll be like, wait a minute, let me re-say that. Let me rethink that. Let me reprogram that. Sometimes I, I think that. the first step is acknowledging it, right? And then forgiving yourself. Like don't then mm. further beat yourself up because you had that negative thought. Be like, wait a minute, I can do better than that. Like rewind, yep. like cut, yep. go back, rewind, yep. let's do it over. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah. I like to tell myself like, oh, that's an old way of thinking. Yeah. Like that's an old way of being. I'm not in that way of thinking anymore. Yeah. Like, okay. Like that might've served me at one point. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. We're moving it can on. be there. Yeah. We're moving on. <laughs> we're, moving on. we're moving on. Yeah. We're moving on. Yeah. How do you think confidence and vulnerability work together? You can't have one without the other. Right. So I talk about this trifecta a lot, this triangle. And it's like one of the modules or whatever in my training program. That made it sound so weird and formal. I don't know why. It's not a training <laughs> program. In my coaching program, like, what's wrong with me? Um, my this training is like your program. seventh podcast of the day. Like, it's li- <laughs> we're late in the evening. We girlies, we have to like recharge a little bit. <laughs> so I have this. I call it like this trifecta, this triangle, and it's confidence vulnerability and authenticity and they all play well together and they have to all be they have they all go together and you can't have one without the other so it's like in order to be confident in who you are you I think you truly have to be vulnerable in your stories and what you're owning about yourself and the only way you can really do that is by being authentic with those stories and owning like authenticity and vulnerability are very much like, okay, well, I want to be really authentic. Okay. First I got to be vulnerable. And when I'm vulnerable, then I'm authentic. And when I'm authentic, I'm going to show up confidently because I'm really rooted in my own self-worth and my beliefs and in that authenticity. So it's like this kind of like trifecta of like when they all play really well together. And when you do those, they all just work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah perfect sense. So being in the the fitness and the wellness space, I think it can be both a blessing and a curse Mm. sometimes. Like on one hand, it's empowering to help women find their light and, you know, with helping people share their stories on podcasts and you're in the practice of, you know, generally helping people get better. But on the other hand, there's a ton of comparing. And there can be this idea that it's never enough. Like I have to try this new self-care routine. I have to get this new supplement, this new diet. I need to be better, 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 better all the time. And it can actually become, you know, really unhealthy when you're, you're in the space of like, I'm just never, there's just never going to be enough. I'm never going to be well enough. I'm never going to be healthy enough. So how do you navigate that space and avoid the comparison trap? Well, for starters, I feel like I'm in a different place of being like a like a 
like I'm an instructor versus being a, uh, like <laughs> the word I want to say is like partaker, like a student, a writer, yeah. Uh, yeah, a yeah, class yeah. participant. So yeah. it's a non-negotiable for me. Like it's, I can't not go. Like I have yeah. to go. So there's a different level of mental toughness and agility that comes with that. So if like instructors are listening or people that do it in a space where it's a job, it's totally different mm-hmm. than being somebody that's like on the receiving end and just like showing up and getting to do it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to answer to the best of like my ability when I mm-hmm. fall into comparison. So I feel like comparison and like not doing enough or like there's so many trends, there's so many different things. I yeah. feel like, you know, you have to figure out what works for you. So we'll start with that. Like if you hate doing one type of workout, don't do that. Like even if it's Mm -hmm. trending or whatever, like don't force yourself to do something you're not having an iota of fun doing because you're going to hate it and then it's not going to feel good in your body. And then like energetically, it's not doing what it needs to do. Like if you hate it, it's a no for you. Even if it's like the coolest, most trendy thing out there, right? Like- Find something else that you love. There's enough to go around. There are so many different platforms and things and classes and like places. Like I promise you can find your place. There's so much out there. Um, So I would say like that's one thing. And then when you find those things, I think that you don't feel as wishy-washy like, oh, I have to try this new thing. I have to because you know what you like. You're like, okay, this works Mm. for me. I like this. I'm going to do this. So like I always operate on the principle, take what you want, leave what you don't. And then – Um, when it comes to comparison, I mean, I talk about this all the time. We are constantly like typing and texting and scrolling and swiping. We live in this world where our phone is a mirror for everything we're not on every social media app. And that can be two things. I always say again, like the power of words, you can use it as like, Oh my God, this is all the things I'm not. Or I really try to reframe it as this is somebody doing something. doesn't mean I can't do it. And if it's something I really, really want, it's proof that I too can. If someone else out there is doing it, that is proof that you can too. And Mm -hmm. what I try to remind myself constantly, constantly, constantly is like your destiny is in your differences. So Mm -hmm. what makes you different, you are you and that is your superpower. Like I say that over and over again. And even it's so hard to believe because like sometimes I'll see somebody in a position I want or get a speaking engagement I want or get that role or get that thing or get that panel and I'm like gosh like what is it like what is it and I just have to like kind of surrender I I mean I have Mm. a I'm pretty um I'm pretty faith-based so like I'm just like god like okay like all right like you got me what's next or keep working and keep striving in a different direction but yeah I think we live in that world now where everything's on display for better or for worse and the high rate highlight reels and all that stuff. So it would be again, like sociopathic or like crazy for me to say I'm not affected by it or for anybody to yeah, say they're not affected I know, by it. So it's right. like, what can you do to either reframe the thoughts around it or make yourself um, just feel better when you have those moments of like, gosh, like, why can't, why not me or whatever? Cause those aren't empowering yeah. thoughts at all. And that's not going to help you get to where you want to go. So then it's right. like, okay, well, what does this mean? How is this coming up for me? And a lot of times yeah. I feel that like comparison, like if I'm super jealous of someone and I'm like, I just don't understand like why they have this. And I don't, I like really have to just look at it. Like everybody's path is different. There's like mm-hmm. a reason to this, or maybe they're further along than I am. Maybe they've been in the space for an extra five more right, years. Right, no idea. Like, yeah, yep. so I just really try to like show that and give myself a little grace and be 
um, compassionate in the space of like, oh, there's just so many different factors that go into making up a person and what they're doing. So I try to remember that. Right, right. And of course, always to remember that social media is just like a highlight reel of everyone's like most glorious, wonderful moments. And I think too, if if people, because I've been in this space before with when it comes to health and wellness of just like, I almost use it as this outlet or this mechanism that's like, oh, like, how can I like be the best at how can I be perfect at it? Right. It's almost like this extension of perfectionism in my life. It's like, okay, I'm going to be the healthiest, most well. I'm going to go to all the fitness classes. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And if, if I kind of find myself gravitating to that, that headspace again, it's really like a key, a, a key to me to like, okay, bring it back in. Like, what's the intention behind this? Are you, are you really doing this because like you're concerned about your health or is this really just an outlet for you to kind of like work out these neurotic tendencies that you have? Like, what do you need to do to kind of counter act that energy that you're putting like so much towards like, Ooh, I'm going to like be the best at it or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's why hobbies are so important. Like, yeah. And doing things recreationally that are not about being perfect or, or improving yourself, getting better at like just fun, like pure leisure. Yeah. And that's really challenging. That's a super challenging thing for people who are very, um, like energetic, who are hardwired in a way that like, it's like, chasing that carrot, that holographic carrot I talk about that doesn't really exist. And it's coming from... Oh my God, Madison, I'm fucking chasing the holographic carrot sometimes. Yeah, so... (laughs) And I think it's just like, okay, like that's how I'm wired. Like, I know that. I know that maybe I'm keeping myself in motion because I don't want to sit with something or I can't sit still. Okay, well, what am I... And it's like, I think all of this stuff is like self-exploration and staying curious. So instead of beating the shit out of yourself or berating yourself for having these thoughts or feeling this way or doing these things, it's like, how can I, what is this telling me? Or like what maybe, and like, if that's a jar that you don't want to open, then like keep it closed or maybe open it a little bit. Like every, we have to like figure it out for ourselves Um, but also be, I think like there's a gentleness that you can do things with where Mm. you don't have to like rip a bandaid off or you don't have to like go down this like crazy dark path or like rehash everything that's gone on in your life just for the sake of like, I'm trying to do this improvement or I'm trying to figure this out. Like that's not what it's about either. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I see on your Instagram and your podcast, you talk a lot about the importance of routines Mm -hmm. and daily practices. So why, why are those so important to you? Or why do you tell other people that those are, can be so important to them? Well, I think they're really important to me because I just feel like they're like the foundation and bedrock of all that I do. So Mm -hmm. like my morning routine, I say is like my spiritual armor for the day. It's like how I kind of zip up my whatever, my energy, my goodness, my aura, whatever cool thing you want to say. And (laughs) it's like, you put on your spiritual armor for the day so that when you go out into the world and people like say things or do things, you're much less likely to be affected by it because like you kind of, you know, you're going to set that foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, like I do, I have a gratitude practice that I'm so obsessed with. Yeah. What's your morning routine? Yeah. What's your morning routine? So I actually created a gratitude journal because I was like so obsessed with this practice. And the one I loved was going out of print. And I felt like that was my God nod to create one. I was like, I have to make one. Wow. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I don't even have one. And I've tried so many. And this is the only one that I like really stuck for me. Um, yeah. 
So I do a gratitude practice in the morning. I sometimes will do like a book pull or a page pull with different books or um, little like coffee table books or things like that. And I'm kind of like, okay, yeah. what is, how's this speaking to me today? I have yep. an app I've been really into lately. It's like the version Holy Bible app. And I do these little like plans that are specifically based around like anxiety or mm-hmm. um, like owning your worth, your power, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's just like all these little things that I do in the morning, um, depending on the day, but those technically are usually are like the three things, the core. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I go out and have a day. <laughs> yeah. What is, well, so what does the gratitude practice look like? Is it writing down what you're grateful for? Is it a certain number of things? Yeah. So I, I created it as five things you're grateful for five goals that you're going to make happen. And then the, blurb at the bottom that really kind of was like my thing was what's the best outcome that could happen for you today. And Mm -hmm. that's really just jump starting you to get in that mindset of like, okay, what is the best outcome for me today? So like immediately writing down like future tripping where you want to go. It was like manifestation. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. And, um, and then like the goals I try to, I always write them in the past tense as if they've already happened. So again, another kind of like manifestation type of thing of like, okay, this has already happened. I'm telling my brain it's happened. It's already mine. It's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when type of thing. So I write those like in the past tense and I have five of those and I try to keep them pretty much in the like three to six month range. I feel like sometimes when you put things super far out, that's when you tend to get like really discouraged unless it's like a Mm. core one. Like for me, I wrote down, I'm a master soul cycle instructor, master instructor at soul cycle for like a year and a half or maybe almost two before it happened. Like, because it was just like, it became like, that was going to take time. It became like a mantra. Like it became like a, a very core flame for me. So then there's like things like that, but I've tried to keep mine more like in the forefront of things that are going on because then I feel Mm -hmm. like, when I break it down that way and I start to attain them, then you start to like chip away at whatever the big overarching picture is that you're trying to go for all around. Right. Yeah. 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 Got it. Do you have any, um, like self care rituals or practices that you must do to show up as the best version of you? Hmm. Like, is nutrition super important to you or, like, walks? Like, for me, like, I am I have to go on a walk, at, at least one walk a day or I, I just, like, won't be my best self. Yeah, so I feel like it's, like, I I feel like I because I live in Boston, like, you are walking everywhere and I live in the yeah, city. Yeah, so it's, it's like, yeah. yeah, I can't imagine what that's it would like be, like, living yeah. somewhere where you could just literally work in your house all day if you're working from home. Yes. Like, that's wild to me. Right, yeah. yeah, that's how I am. Yeah, so, like, yeah, work from walk, home. walk is, like, a non-negotiable, but I'm, like, literally yeah. walking everywhere. Like, someone, like, if I look at my health app right now, I've probably walked, like, five, ten, like five miles today, you know, cause you without even it. like thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. I'm going to go to the store and then I need this bread and I need this. So, yeah. um, nutrition has become more important to me because mm. I recently, um, did a whole like gut health test and found out that I was oh, like, yeah, me too. had a super, super, um, high inflammatory rate to gluten, which I always thought was kind of like bullshit, but so I really oh, like revamped my whole diet in that sense and really subbed out a lot of things. I'm Italian. So like I was eating pasta and like cookie, not like I love cookies. So that's like, of course, you know, that's been like, <laughs> yeah, gonna, love yeah so like I just had to make a lot more like 
smart choices around like what I'm doing just takes a little bit more thought than just like grabbing anything Mm -hmm. or grabbing sandwiches. Like I really just have to like think about it a little more. And I've never had like stomach problems or anything like that. It was just more like my biomarkers were insane for inflammation. And of course I was like having migraines and I was tired all the time. And I just had no idea. So that really changed my life. I worked with, um, my friend Jillian and Bridget and my friend Bridget owns the company got personal. So like that was awesome. And yeah, that really started to change the way I looked at health. But like, I don't really have these like self care, like 10 step, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like skin regimen or anything like that. But like, I, I like to read a lot. So oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That I consider kind of fun. And one of my favorite self-care practices is that I will like tidy up my house and then I light every candle <laughs> and I just like walk around and look at them. I love and that. It just, like, it just like brings me a lot of peace and I'm like set up with my space. It's like grounding. I'm like, I'm home. I'm grounding. It's cozy. And I would just walk around and look at it. No, that's dope. I don't do <laughs> yeah. that, but that's a great idea. And that really you can try is. it out. Yeah, I yeah. have to try that out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything like that I can really think of off the top of my head. Yeah. A lot of my, like, I wouldn't call them self-care, but, like, my recreational things, which I'm working on because a lot of the things I like to do recreationally are also super physical. So, like, mm. I don't do well. Like, right now it's – it's what are we? We're almost – it's June 20th. I haven't had, like, yep. a single beach day here in Boston because the weather has been so shitty to the point where uh, I'm, yeah. like, if it doesn't get it's better, I'm out, guys. I love you yeah, all, yeah, yeah. but I'm out. Um, I got to see some sunshine. Yeah, so the summer, like, I can rot on the beach with a book all day. That is, like, my heaven. Love, Leave me yes. on a beach with a <laughs> yes. book to rot. That is my happiest yep. place. Or yep. I'm, like, winter, I'm, like, skiing. Like, I – so – you know, they, I've been trying to do more things that are like chill. I'm like not yeah. skiing, rollerblading, roller skating, doing pickleball, right. like all the things. So yes. I'm trying to be like, wait, what's not active. a physical activity, but also is recreational, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you struggle with recovery? Like making, like, especially with teaching, do, are you like thinking about, okay, I have to like make sure I have like a good rest day or do you feel like your energy is pretty high and you could just No, I feel like that's it? like part of the instructor world that I feel like, you know, you might be really seem really glamorous, but I'm like tired. Like after I teach a double on the weekend, I don't want to do anything usually. And I don't really want to go out at night because I know I have to teach the next morning. So I literally just told you, like I did this solo episode about sacrifice and it's a word that a lot of people don't talk. I don't know a lot of people talking about the sacrifices it took to get to where they were, you know? Yeah. I don't hear that a lot. Very true. um, Yeah. I, you know, I was talking about that of like, you have to say no to a lot of things. I can't tell you how many holidays I've worked, birthdays I've missed, things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, you, you really, you really have to honor your body. And like I said, for me, sometimes it's different because it's, I can't not show up. It's my job. So like if I'm in pain or I'm injured, it looks like playing hurt a lot and going to PT couple times a week and yeah that type of stuff because it's my job like I am right like, with your tool yeah I literally like, like is your body when I've gone to doctors before I'm like talk to me like I'm freaking Tom Brady okay because if you tell me to rest that's not gonna happen like it's not in the cards like uh, I'm not gonna take a medical leave like it's it's also it's like I don't even know if I can do that so like yeah you know, um, yeah yeah. At least not for like a, a shorter period of time. Like, of course, if you get like, right. really hurt, that's yes. But um, yeah, I'd always be like, I need you to talk to me like I am the star player on the Patriots or something. Yeah. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah, and that that's really interesting because it is a whole different kind of lens to look at your job through. That like, okay, like I have to take care of this physical form and I have to prioritize taking care of this because it's it's the job. Yeah, and that sucks for someone like myself that like loves doing things. So like if I yeah. like and especially when it's getting the sun's out later and it's nice out at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, let's go roller skate or oh, let's go play pickleball. And I'm like, I am so, what but are you But then you will doing? be dead for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm like, what are yeah. you doing, Madison? You've already like taught two <laughs> classes, walked around all day, worked uh, all the things, done all the podcast, like, and now you yeah. want to go play pickleball because like, I really enjoy down. it, but it's hard to make those executive decisions to be like, okay, wait, is, will tomorrow thank me for that? And sometimes I do go and I have a blast. And then there's other times where I'm like, better not maybe you should just do nothing yeah um, I'm, t- I'm constantly telling myself to sit my ass down like just sit the fuck down on the couch yeah. sit on your hands like just <laughs> sit on your hands well that that is a good segue how how do you work out is it like hey you're you're teaching so like this is the workout do you have anything that you do on the side yeah so I have been doing a lot of strength training lately oh yeah obviously that's kind of like where most injuries come from, tendonitis, yep. repetitive, you know, riding a bike for years and years and years and years. Right. Um, so I've been focusing on that, um, all different PT exercises. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I'll drop in a solid collar, drop in a berries here and there. I'll go on a yeah. run here and there. But I don't really yeah. have any, like, crazy mm-hmm. um no, just like basics, fundamentals. Obviously, yeah. my baseline is like two classes a day. So I start already knowing, like, you're already depleted. Your cardio is like at the, yeah, like your, yeah. yeah. Like when I yeah. was strength training before my wedding, I literally would turn to like my trainer and be like, what's it like to show up at the gym and like you just show up? Like, Feel you haven't fresh. already taught a class. And you have, and you're doing this and then you don't have on your mind, like, oh, is this going to hurt me later? Like, what's it like to just show up at the gym yeah. in the morning and just have your workout? Like, what's that like? Like, I'm, that's yeah, going to be an interesting nice. chapter yeah. when that happens, <laughs> honestly. How, do, do you like strength training? I work out with a strength coach three times a week, like a personal trainer. And before I did that, I've done that, I've done this now for three years. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I was like the bouncing like group fitness queen. Like I was at the cycling class. I was at the boxing class. I was at the orange theory, you know, like running around. And then once I committed to this strength training practice, I really, really noticed a difference. Obviously not only in like body composition, Mm -hmm. but just like my nervous system relaxing a little bit more, Mm -hmm. like not having this like go, 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 this rushed feeling that I had a lot. Yeah. Again, I don't know that feeling. Yeah. Maybe maybe in my next chapter, I will know that feeling. Yeah. Different season of life. Different season of life. Um, For me, it's more discipline. Uh, There's days where I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then there's days where I'm like, I'm not really into this right now. Like I'm pretty bored. Yeah. Um, but again, it's because you're used to that threshold of like the hot, like soul cycle classes. And I've seen a couple of your, like, they're so high energy. They're so fun. Like you are almost like transported to like a different world because you were like in it. Yeah. And I, and strength training, like I, I personally don't, maybe some other people, but I don't get that level of focus. Like I do with cardio. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, I definitely, it's more of a discipline thing for me. And it's like kind of like, do this now so the that other version of you later will like appreciate it or like you yeah. know 
this future is, self yeah, kind this of is stuff. the vote for who you want to be and like keeping yourself in the game. Like I look at it as yeah. more like that's what this training is for. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, almost like preventative. Yeah. Like in call, it reminds me of like in college, like your performance is, you know, running out in the court and doing all the studs and all of that, but you still had to do all the strength training so that you could do that. So for me, it's like discipline and maintenance and whatever. So some days I Got really it. am like, Oh, this is dope. And then I have other days where I'm like, I really don't want to be here right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I totally get it. Um, okay, Madison. So we've arrived to the big question of this podcast, the essence of the podcast, oh so to speak. Yes, this is the very big one. What does being fit mean to you? Oh, I think what's coming up for me is well-rounded. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think of being fit as very physical, but I always yeah. say you can't have your physical game right if your mental game is off. So I think it's being mentally as well as physically well-rounded and balanced. Yeah. And I know like I always totally. say balance is bullshit, but what I mean here is like, you got to work on both. It can't just be one without the other. Like you could go mm -hmm. to the gym and like kill yourself and you could think you have the sickest body ever, but like you trash talk <laughs> yourself and you have like the worst, the worst mindset or like the worst, not mindset, but you have like the worst like outlook on life. Yeah, yeah. Like you could be like, like a, like really in a dark place mentally. And then like, well, what do you really have? Like, are you really fit? right? Are you really fit? Yeah. Is it yeah. just vanity metrics or whatnot? Um, yeah. and the same vice versa. So I feel like well-rounded in the sense of like, you have to have both in order to live a really fit life. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Where can people follow you and check out all the stuff that you're doing, all the content that you're putting out, all the good stuff? Yeah, um, so I mainly hang out on Instagram at Mads Tads, mm -hmm. so M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z. -D 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 That's also my handle on TikTok, but... I struggle with TikTok. A yeah, how's bit. your TikTok game? It's not the best. I was doing really good for a second, but um, uh -huh. I just find I, I'm not prioritizing it, and I, yeah, I'm just not prioritizing it. Uh, I don't even I don't even dip my toe. I, it's been one thing where I've just said for my own mental health and space, like, am I losing out on? an audience and, yeah. and I'm like, yes, but I just, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. It's too it's, much for me. It's definitely interesting. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I'm on both of those. And then uh -huh. I obviously have a website, all the things, Wicked Fearless, the podcast, you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts yeah. and pretty much all the programs or anything I'm running at the time, be it Wicked Fearless, Intangibles, really whatever you can find through my Instagram or I'll be promoting it or I'll lead you to the website or whatever. But I feel like that's really where it, it primarily yeah. goes down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me so late at night. I mean, I know it's only <laughs> no. seven, but it feels, it feels like we're late night podcasting no, so great. Uh, after a long day, but I really appreciate you. It was so great to chat with you and I think you've got some great insights. I really enjoyed your podcast and your content. So Thanks a bunch. Yeah, listeners, thank you so much. Go follow Madison, and we'll see you later. Love you.